Back to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. And we're really starting with the 14th verse, but we're going to begin reading with the 11th verse. We need to read this section. I'm going to read all the way through the 21st verse. Revelation chapter 19 beginning to read with verse 11. Revelation 19, 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron." And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we can come today. Hear your word. We've missed the last couple of weeks of wonderful fellowship. It's just a joy, Father, to come and study the book of Matthew this morning during Sunday school. Back to Revelation now. We just enjoy so much each time in the Gospel of John on Sunday night, the the wonderful opportunity of Isaiah and then the uh, study that they've had uh, with the Lay's Bible study on Tuesday afternoons. We just ask, Father, that you just continue to use them as as they have uh, prepared to start on the Minor Prophet and uh, enjoying the study there. Father, it's just a joy. It's a joy to do the radio programs, to proclaim your word that many, many can hear. And I ask, Father, today... 
that you would go before us with your power and strength, that your spirit would touch each and every heart that that, uh, has an ear to hear. And so please, that we listen carefully, that we've come by faith to you. We know you as our Lord and Savior, and don't miss that, please. Please, Father, just touch every heart now, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. kind of catch us back up here with the activities that's going on. We have witnessed the seven churches. We've witnessed the rapture of the church. We have been through seven years of tribulation. And now at the close of that tribulation period, so keep that in your mind. Church age right now, the next event that's going to take place is the collection of the, of the true believers, the rapture of the church. And then there's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb that will go on in heaven for those that are believers. Those that refuse to believe We'll have seven years, if they are still alive, we'll have seven years of the worst time they've ever witnessed here on earth, especially the last three and a half years. But at the close of that seven-year period, the close of that last three and a half years, there is going to be a time of victory. And that's what we're talking about here when it comes to the 11th verse. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it. Now, are we going to take this literal, or are we going to spiritualize it? If you want to spiritualize it, then there's the door, because this is literal. When you look up to see what that word horse means, (laughs) it means a four-legged beast. It is a horse, and so... How this is going to take place, I don't know. You may want to take writing uh, training right now. Prepare yourself for this because we are going to follow our Lord, King of Kings. We're going to follow him out of heaven and come down here and watch him bring total and complete victory over the enemy. And he's going to do that by speaking his word. And so it's going to be a joy, and and, and it is real. I don't have any further explanation of how this is going to happen, but it says, He that sat upon it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and, and he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself, we've all discussed all this, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And then here in verse 14, And the armies which were in heaven followed him up on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. If you'll come over, we'll find that the, the seventh verse, if you just kind of move over to the other side of the page here, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him 
uh, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And so that's what's going on. We have received our rewards, our rewards we have handed to our Lord and Savior. All this is going on during the seven-year period, and he has prepared us for the marriage. He has prepared us for the marriage. And so all this is taking place, and when he tells us here that we are upon horses clothed with fine linen, white and clean, it's not something that you and I have done. It's something that our King of kings, Lord of lords, our Savior has done for us. He has made us white and clean and perfect, wonderful. No longer do we have the, the body that, that, that aches when we get up in the morning, that, 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 that hurts. No longer do we have a body that we have trouble breathing, that no longer do we have a body that, that continues to, to, to deteriorate and, and need more and more medication so that we can get up in the morning and so we can do something that body will be made new and we will have our glorified bodies and and more uh, greater than the than than the perfect body is that we will be without sin we will be made perfect and so all this has taken place and it comes this gift comes to those that trust in the Lord Jesus as their savior so don't don't miss that and we're, we'll look at that here in just a just a minute. So we find here that we we have, have made ourselves ready. The armies here will be you and me, those that are born again, those that are saved, those that were raptured. We go up to heaven and we are prepared. We are made clean and white, and and in every uh, everything is taken care of. Uh, there is there is no sin goes with us. But all the preparation is done, as it says down in verse 7, uh, may, hath made herself ready. So whatever that means, it means that we will be perfect and we'll be clean and we'll be ready to meet the groom, the Lord Jesus Christ. We will be prepared properly for the marriage. And so as we see this and then we come down through and we find the armies that is the church, that is us coming with him, which were in heaven, followed him upon white horses. And so we start up here in the 11th verse, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and the, the sat upon him is called faithful and true and in righteousness. He bring war, that is none other than the Lord Jesus, and we are following him down here in this 14th verse. And so what a beautiful sight. Let's uh, move just a, a couple of pages because it's just in Jude. And so we're going to go back to Jude because there's, there's so many verses of Scripture that, that fill this in. And so Jude, verse 14. There's only one chapter in Jude, so you're not going to have to find the chapter. Just find the verse. Jude, verse 14. This was, this was told... And it is evident that it's coming. Jude, verse 14. Enoch also, the seventh of Adam, prophesied of these sayings. Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. 
That is exactly what we're talking about over here in the 19th chapter. And so how long has this been promised that we would come? The seventh of Adam prophesied these things. Enoch. Continue in verse 15 of Jude. To execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers and complainers walking after their own lusts. Their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last times, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensually having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have... Com, uh, compassion making a difference and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire hating even the garments spotted by the flesh now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory having exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Some have the opportunity, take the opportunity to serve him, and will have the benefits of, of that service in laying precious stones and crowns at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Others will not serve him, but are saved, that they are saved so as by fire. And that's going to be a sad day because we're not going to have anything to give to our Lord and Savior. We need to be at work today serving Him. So you can see that this promise was made back in the days of Enoch. And we know that Jude received these precious words of what was to come. And we know judgment, to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds. How many times did it have to say ungodly, ungodly, ungodly in that verse of Scripture? Judgment is coming. We know that according to Jude. Now down to the 15th verse. So, we are coming with him. Verse 14. Verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. We have had much discussion concerning 
a judgment that's coming. Our Lord doesn't spend much time in telling us of that judgment. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. With it he shall smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. And if you would look to see these actual words, we think as normally a sword would either be in your hand fighting war or would be at your side. And we know down in verse 16, he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Where is the sword? The sword is in his mouth. It's going to be like none other war that's ever been fought. We will be with him. But we will not need a sword. We will not need some certain kind of gun and ammunition to fight this war as we eliminate evil, eliminate the enemy. We will just be joining him with him as our Lord and Savior, as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords speaks there will be a slaughter upon this earth that has never been seen before. The believers will be gathered out. Those that were saved during the tribulation, that were not martyred ahead of time, those that were there, they will be set aside. And here comes the judging hand of God. And that judging hand will be His voice. He will speak. And we can't imagine. We have one small example of this when they came to arrest the Lord Jesus. They brought this multitude of an army. And he says, why do you do that? You could have come and, 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 and captured me at any time. Why do you need this army? But in his speaking, they all fell backwards. Well, that same voice will literally slaughter all of mankind that's left, and, uh, and the animals, everything. As verse 18 says, it, it gives us the explanation of who uh, is part of this. The, the fowls of the air shall eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and them that sit upon them, the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great, that is who is going to face this awful, immediate death. That's what's coming. It's going to be done. He's going to rule with a sharp sword. His sword is in his mouth, the word of God. He's going to rule with a rod of iron, the rod speaks of a, of a stick or of a, of a, of a scepter. Uh, but this one is made of iron and literally of iron, something that, that brings great pain and great hurt. And so we not only have the, the sword, which, which a sharp sword that's in his mouth speaks of a saver, a saver. And so it just, that, that's the, that's the 
the, the, the word that we have there. The rod of iron is just that, a rod of iron. And then the wine press of the fierceness of God. Over in the vineyards in Israel and in Judah, there were usually two vats. The first one is what we're talking about here. And what you would do first in this wine press is you would cut off the grapes. So there's a cutting off, and, and that is the part of the picture that we have here. A separation, a cutting, a, 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 a slicing, a cutting. And then it is placed in this vat only to be trampled upon, to squeeze every bit of juice that's in it, every single part of it. And it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a painful sight. It's, it's a... It's it's a work, and so that is an example that God gives us, the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God as he comes and stamps out every part of evil that is upon this earth. And so we find that. We see that. It is the utterance of the word. All he needs is to speak. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4. You see, we have Scripture confirming Scripture, Isaiah 11, 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Same thing we're talking about back here in Revelation. A simple thing that needs to be understood... And that is that every individual that has ever lived has a choice to receive or refuse the word. Now, if you receive the word of God, it means life. It means joy. It means peace. If you refuse the word of God, you usually hear people say that it means death. But if you refuse the word of God, you have refused life. You can live all these years here, day to be born, a day to die. Every funeral I've ever preached... Those words are spoken. A day to be born and a day to die. You may die at the age of 20. You may die at the age of 60. You may die at the age of 70. You may die at the age of 80. Day to be born and day to die. There's a given time for us to live and to serve the Lord and to accept Him 
as our Savior to have our sins taken away, our sins removed. Now, there is the choice that you and I have. To say yes to Jesus or to say no. Now, talk to so many people. They say, I've always believed. I've always believed. If you're using those words, I wouldn't want to be standing next to you the day judgment comes. Because you don't always believe. There must be a day that you face your sin and know you need a Savior. You call upon Him for salvation. If you haven't done that, and if you can't go to that time to where you remember the day that you trusted in Jesus. Now, you may have cried, you may have laughed, you, you may have not had any action at all. But you know that time that the Holy Spirit convicted your heart and pointed you to the Savior. Now, what did you do that day? Did you say yes? Or did you say, oh, I've always believed that? You're not recognizing that you're a sinner. So please, please, receive life. Re be able to live. But if you refuse to hear the word, you will be destroyed by the very word that you refused. Be destroyed. He shall rule. Nations need to be broken. Nations rule in an evil manner. And again, there are three symbols of judgment that he gives us here. One is the sharp sword. The other is the rod of iron. The other is the wine press. To be cut off, thrown in, and to be destroyed. And then we find this tremendous picture here in verse 16 and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords and then next i saw an angel standing in the sun he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven come and gather yourself together into the supper of the great god There's a lot of money spent on funerals. There's a lot of acres of this earth that is graves. Well, the list that we have already read in verse 18, they will never be buried. And some believe that this will just be all the vultures and the, those kinds of birds that's coming. I think the Lord's going to change the heart of every bird that's alive and they're going to come and they're going to feast upon the flesh as the scripture tells us of kings of captains of mighty men of horses so who are you following today 
Are you seeking out the will of God or are you following after the business and the rich people and the folks that act like they have power and authority? Because our God is going to come and he is going to destroy each and every one. Anyone that has not come by faith to the Lord Jesus faces this judgment. Come and gather yourselves together will be the call. And this great supper here. I would rather be at the marriage supper of the Lamb enjoying the fellowship with our Lord because you will be the supper if you refuse to trust in Jesus. Our Lord is going to speak. Blood is going to pour bridal deep, as the scripture tells us. The birds will come and they're going to eat on that flesh. Now I've even noticed, I wonder if the Lord's preparing some of these birds. Because, you know, you used to see the big old vultures and and. Uh, would be eating the flesh of the deers and the things that's along the road. But have you noticed lately that the big old blackbirds are there too? The bald eagle, they yeah, they'll 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 eat it. But the but the blackbirds, I've never seen blackbirds eating flesh before, and I've noticed that they're there too. Is that how close it's coming? Standing in the sun is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The supper that the birds are invited to is, is something that will come immediately following the battle of Armageddon. You hear that. You hear the rapture of the church, the seven-year tribulation, the battle of Armageddon. So that's that's the next that's coming is the battle of Armageddon. But the bodies of kings all the way to peasants will be lying in their own blood and, and God will call the birds of the air to come and to clean it all up. You can be washed in the blood of the Lamb or... You can lie in your own blood. You got your choice. Five times in the 18th verse it says, Flesh may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Five times the word flesh is spoken. They won't even have the honor or the privilege of being buried. And I saw the beast, verse 19, the kings of the earth, their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. They are all gathering together to come down against the little nation of Israel. The hatred has built to such a level that all the kings of the earth 
We don't know what's going to happen to the United States. We stand with Israel. And a few others stand with Israel. But we already see in this great land that we live in, politicians and folks that hate Israel. We hear it more today than we have ever heard it before. Because we know the time is short. We know that it's coming very soon. That day, that great day, all will come. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Everything, and we have the list there. We have the, 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 the beast, the kings, the armies, all are coming against. Verse 20, the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone, and that is a literal place that will be there. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth. We see we have that repeated again. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Not much talked about the battle, is there? Not much description given. Very short. See, to our God, that's not important. It's something that's going to happen. It's sure, it's real, and and it will come. So do you want to be a part of that group or do you want to be a part of the saints that's with him? That's the choice that you have. Very quickly, and we'll we'll end with this, and you can write it down, I can give it to you afterwards, but the order of events uh, starts with his return, and that you find in Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 and 30. And then we have, as we've just read in verse 11 to verse 21, the beast and his hosts of, of warriors. Zechariah 14, verses 1 through 19, speaks very clearly the judgment of nations. You need to read that. Then Revelation 20, we're just coming to that, will be the thousand-year reign of Christ. Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6 is that. 7 through 10 is Satan's last revolt, last time to, to come. He'll be loose for a short season. And then in the 11th through the 15th verse of Revelation 20, we have the resurrection of the wicked, of those that have died without Christ. There is a resurrection of them. They will receive, once again, uh, their, their old soul and their old body will be joined together, and they will be cast into the lake of fire forever. So don't think for a split second that this isn't going, that, 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 that you just are annihilated and it ends because it doesn't. And then the joy 
and I'll read all these one more time for you. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13 is the day of purification of this earth. It's all made new. That's after the thousand-year reign. So, Matthew 24, 29, verse 29 and 30. Revelation 19, verse 11 through 21. Zechariah 14, verses 1 through 19. In Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6. Revelation 20, verse 7 through 10. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 13. If you didn't get them, I can give them to you afterwards. But that is... The calendar events. We're not. We're not kept in in darkness. The whole world knows what's going to come. So, as we started out, are you going to accept, receive the word of God, or refuse the word of God? God opens a door for all of us. So please, please, when the Spirit of God convicts your heart of sin, acknowledge it and say, I need a Savior. And He saves you. He keeps you forever. What a wonderful promise. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. We have spent so much time in this book. It's so important that we understand the future. We understand what's coming. We have been given the the great news of the victory. We don't have to wonder who's going to win the war. If we're not saved, we can wonder, what's going to happen to the United States? Where are we going to be when all this takes place? Are we going to be one of those countries that have been engulfed by another that that now we're going to become an enemy of Israel and we're going to be part of this group? Yes, we will. But only if you refuse the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus His free gift of salvation. So Father I just ask that you'll touch every single heart. That no one here and no one that would listen to this message. Would refuse that free gift. That they would recognize the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And say yes to salvation. To be saved. To miss all this. To be on the other end. To be in heaven with the marriage supper of the Lamb. To to be a member of the army that comes down with him. to, To witness this great victory over sin. Please, dear Lord, just touch every heart today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.